You're listening to the Molly's Place Podcast. Welcome to the Molly's Place Podcast. Tonight, culture shock. Moving to a foreign country, what kind of things are you going to see? And tonight we have a special guest with us tonight, all the way from Kobe, Mr. Busan Kevin. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, Dave. Hi, Jim. How you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, thank you, but I'm a bit sore. Why are you sore? Because for some strange reason, I started exercising again. Ouch, because I'm trying to lose weight, and I'm an old man trying to lose weight and exercise, and that's not pretty. Have you been going to the gym? I have, but unfortunately, because I'm so busy, I haven't been able to go very often. So I actually started doing push-ups last night in my own room, crying like a baby. Dave, I'm really sorry, but Mm -hmm. I can't believe you can do push-ups. Actually, and... I'm not. Yeah, you should. You should uh, call me on that because I actually could barely do hardly any last night. I haven't done so many. I I did about 10 uh, as one set and then I tried to do several of them and then I was able to put that together. Yeah, I I can't do push-ups. I'm too heavy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm pushing up 440 pounds. I'm not that strong. Um, I've been doing push-ups at night before I come up. Uh I get on the steps and I get like an angle. Uh. Ah. Probably. Stair push-ups, we call them. Yeah, not just, chair push-ups. Yeah, stair push-ups. And do them on, do them there. And uh, yeah, you know, after doing them a couple days, I noticed that, you know, the the shoulders were hurting yeah. through here, right? Yeah. But the pythons are. Adonis is we ain't. Twenty-four inch pythons. Okay. Twenty-four inch pythons. Yeah, very good. Now, if we look down in the little corner here, I see someone. There's a little guy over there. Hi, little guy. Ladies and gentlemen, too. He's we dancing a, around too. We have a special guest with us. His name is. Kevin. Kevin. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Kevin. It's Kevin, a.k.a. Busan Kevin, a.k.a. Kevin O'Shea, the host of the Just Japan podcast. Oh, listen to him whoring his podcast on our podcast. Oh, I have to, but, you know. <laughs> Kevin, but, you go know, ahead. It's uh, Kevin, man. It's Kevin. Jalen Kev as well. I, I, I usually, I, you know, I assume that anybody that watches me or mm-hmm. listens listens to me obviously knows Kevin and yeah, Victor and all. Sure. But every, every once in a while, I'll have somebody, who's Victor? Right. Wow. So, Kevin, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to our viewers, listeners. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, first of all, I want to thank um, you, uh, Molly and Dave, both of you, for having me on the podcast uh, this evening. I really appreciate it. I am a fan of the show. Yay! Yay. We got yeah. A I thought only and, your mom was a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, no, you've, you've got two. And I think you've got more than two. Um, and I also want to get out of the way. I just want to say that, um, Dave, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. It's very nice to meet you, Kevin, too. Um, I wasn't sure if we were able to reenact this, uh, that we, we, we said hello to we, each we other. We kind of went through this a bit before pre-show. we started. Wow, you're a pro. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, no, no, nonetheless, no, I've, I've really enjoyed the show. I've been listening to you. <laughs> I've been I've been listening to all the episodes and um, um, really enjoying it. Um, you guys have a really great chemistry together. It's it's really fun to listen to the uh, the kind of banter and conversations you guys have. You play off each other really well. Um, and, no, you really do. You really do. Um, it's 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 one of the things that I found in, in podcasting. And you know, we're both kind of new to this, or all three of us are kind of relatively new to this. 
I mean, we all we all started around the same time, actually. Yeah. And um, I, I'm doing a very different format on my show. I'm doing kind of a weekly interview with people. Oh, and, nice. And, and one of the things is every week I interview a different person um, about a different topic. Uh, often it's about things that I don't know about about Japan. So, you know, mm-hmm. people say – yeah, <laughs> Jim's like smiling. It's like, yeah. but but <laughs> Kevin but, pushing his channel. Look at Kevin pushing the podcast. I am, I am, I am. But <laughs> go for it, Kevin. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is the the pro whore that I am. That's um, right. Take lessons. But but one of the things is it's it's really challenging sometimes to really like kind of like um to to set up interviews and to to coordinate with people. It's really tough often. Mm. And and one of the things that actually um uh, a mutual friend of ours. Um, your rival on the Just Japan podcast, Jim, uh, Kansai PJ, okay. um, said, is like, you guys have this wonderful advantage that you guys, you have like, we have each co- other. You have each other, your co hosts. Mm-hmm. And every, in every episode, you do have that. And mm-hmm. you can play off each other and this and that. Whereas, and I found myself, I mean, I, I don't think I'm the most boring individual in the world, but in a pinch sometimes when you find that, um, when you'll hear that solo episode, it's like, hey, it's just Kevin tonight. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Because often an interviewee fell through, or at the last minute canceled, and I've had that have I've had that happen several times, where it's like literally an hour before I'm supposed to record, they're like, "Sorry, can't do it," for whatever oh. reasons, um, and then you're like, "Well, mm, I'm supposed to get out a show tonight or tomorrow, or the day after, got to mm-hmm. do it, right?" But um, but yeah, yeah. So um, great to meet you, Dave, and great, great, to, you, great to yeah, and great to meet you, Jim, again. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, one other thing, Kevin, I know at the at the end of your podcast because I've been I've been on there three times already. Wow! Um, as a guest, you've been on that desperate for guests. Episodes yeah, one, right. nine, and fourteen. Um, <laughs> Who's the whore now, James? <laughs> where we were talking about me, uh. Um, <laughs> uh, Kevin. I I know the format of your podcast. You usually uh, you let us do the intro and in the beginning of who we are. You know where we're at, where we're from, blah blah blah. And then at the end of your podcast, you give us the, you give them a, you give us a chance to where mm. can you find us on the web, mm. right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you to do that now because you know there may not be people at the end. Yeah, true. And I still didn't do my I still didn't do my intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm Kevin. Uh, I'm I, I'm known online as Busan Kevin. Um, I've been uh, an active YouTuber since 2006. Um, I'm, 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 I'm drinking beer guys. So I'm kind of like holding back. Oh, burps hey. here. So no, I'm, not holding, I'm, not, I'm not holding back. I'm actually belching back. half the time is not yeah. a podcast. And so there we go. Um, so, and I've got my beer cozy that says, kiss me. I'm Irish. Um, so, um, yeah, so my name's, my name's Kevin. I'm, uh, known online as boost on Kevin mainly. Um, and I started doing the YouTube thing in 2006 and I was living in the city of Busan, Korea at the time. Hence Busan Kevin. Oh. Um, a lot of people are like, why do you call yourself Busan? Well, it you know, that's, right. that's, that's, it all makes sense. And uh, yeah, so I lived in, I was living in Korea at the time. I lived in Korea for, I moved in, I moved to Korea actually uh, originally in 2002. Hmm. And I lived in a, for a couple of years in a bedroom community outside of, uh, outside of Seoul. Then I moved into Seoul proper. Then I moved down to Busan. I met my wife who is Japanese. Uh, in Busan, she was wow. working as a Japanese language school teacher uh, at a Japanese language school as a teacher, and um, I later went back to Canada, and then to Japan um, with my wife, um, who again I'd met in 
Korea. This may add some context later on to some questions in the show. Um, I met her in Korea, and then we moved to Canada, and then we came to Japan. Right. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been in Japan now for six years. Um, and uh, so Busan can make videos about Japan. Um, I'm, I'm a video blogger. Um, I've got another channel called JLN Kev, which at the moment is kind of my main base of operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I work as a teacher. Um, I live in Kobe, Japan. Um, I'm a podcaster. I've got my Just Japan podcast, which is now kind of my true passion. And it's doing very well. Yeah, and um, episodes 1, 9, and 14 are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Go check them out, and, and guys, one, nine, and fourteen, and the other ones if you have some time. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Right. And I'm sure there'll be some. I'm sure there'll be some future episodes you can check out too. And yeah. I want to. I kind of want to punch PJ in the throat on my own podcast. Um, I'm Jay Leno, and he's he, what's her name? Her name J- Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm Jay, and he's Joan. Don't worry, PJ's going to be back soon, Jay. Damn. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, so welcome, Kevin. Good to have you yeah, on here yeah. tonight. Um, actually, uh, the reason I want you to go ahead and do that now is we've actually got a question in the in the in the comments asking, yeah. you know, can can we link to you in the description? Which obviously I will, um, and in the show notes. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, anybody that's watching, you can see the lower third in Kevin's yeah. uh, when Kevin's screen comes up. It says Boost on Kevin. If you just go to mm-hmm. YouTube and Boost on Kevin, his, his channel yeah. will come up. And uh, I highly suggest. Uh, uh, subscribing to Kevin and mm. checking out his podcast mm. and watching Thank his videos and doing all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, if you uh, get some questions going in the comments, maybe we can get Kevin's YouTube mojo going again. Yeah. yeah. That's what he lost his mojo. He lost his mojo. Oh, oh I'll tell you that. about that. Oh later. dear. We're going to have a, it's, it's complicated on this podcast. The mojo's coming, and, and actually to be honest, um, a bit of the mojo is coming back in a way. I'm, I've been recording some things lately. Um, I've been recording a few things lately. Um, they're sitting on camera, ready to go into the editing suite soon. And um, to be honest, probably I'm going to say within the next few weeks, um, a bunch of videos are going to pop up on Boos and Kevin. Okay, cool. Sounds but, good. But, but it's going to be kind of a burst activity thing because I'm actually starting graduate school in September. Oh, that's right. You are. Good luck um, with that. I did that. Yeah. And tough. So I wish you yeah. And I've got two, I've got two young kids and, you know, so, yeah. uh, and I'm working full time. So I'm going to be doing that online part time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so. I, I, I just, uh, I did that with a, a new baby coming and a new baby, uh, just born, fi- uh, finishing it up, working full time as well. Uh, I, I sincerely wish you the best with this. You can do it. You can definitely do it, but, uh, it's, it's going to take a lot and, um, Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's all of that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I've got a lot of other friends who are in the same situation. Yeah. And right. essentially what it comes down to is I think Jim knows um, from when I was like the most productive as a YouTuber. I'm just pumping up videos like a madman, right? Yeah, two, three, four just, a day. Yeah. Wow. Like, and just like and, – and, and, and often just before I kind of stopped due to complicated reasons mm-hmm. – um, I uh, I was pumping out like you know I, I thought pretty high quality like pretty for me edited edited videos and I was I was really pumping out a lot of stuff and I was spending so much of my time doing it mm. um, a lot of social media time most of it on social media but I realized that that's all gonna stop 
and I don't want to. I'm, I'm hoping it won't completely stop. I'm hoping I can get a little bit out there, for, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of really wonderful people out there who support me and this and that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be a grad student as of September. So, wow. mm. well, we wish you luck with that, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I know you're really tired because you. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been following Kevin on Facebook the, the past day or so. Mm-hmm. We're just watching everything that he's posting, and. Uh, his posts are tired. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, last Pretty much. Yes, yes, yes. His posts are tuckered um, out. He actually got up last night at mm-hmm. three in the morning mm-hmm. for an orientation. Actually, yeah, yeah, I got up two, two, two a.m. Uh, I, I went, yeah, I went, I went to bed. I went to bed at eight thirty with my son, my my three year old, and then I had to wake up at two for a two thirty web webinar. Mm-hmm. My my university is in Canada. Okay. And, it was like for international students and then people in my situation. And, uh, and then I was up until three thirty, and then I had to try to go to bed again and wake up for before six to go to work. But then I went to bed and just thought about grad school. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I had a pretty, pretty rough day actually. Cause it because of, uh, you know, Murphy's law, um, you know, but, uh, but you know, what are you going to do? Here you are. Here I am. But well, you're here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I'm, 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 All the crap, the crap of the day is over with. Oh yeah. Now well, it's just the crap of the night. That's right. Now you're stuck with us. Yeah. The day wasn't too crappy, and the nights the the day wasn't too crappy, and the nights wonderful. So we, I got I got a beer and some good company. So yeah, here we are. Yeah. Yay. Okay, guys. Well, anyway, mm. um, both of you are familiar with the video that I put up today. Yes. Talking about culture mm-hmm. shock. Yeah. I have a anybody that's watch watching it? this. I have a new series on my channel called Mully Weighs In, mm. and what I do is uh, I weigh in on topics that the people that are watching want to know about. Well, they want my opinion uh-huh. on. So uh, I thought this would be a pretty fun way to you know make some videos and mm. get to get to meet the new people and all this and all that. And I got a lot of really good questions from people. So I mean, I've got material for like the next couple months, <laughs> so, yeah. and I'm getting more all the time. So anyway, um, somebody wanted me to weigh in on culture shock. Okay. So I made a video today. Anybody that's in the that's viewing us now, you can uh, go check that video out later and, and uh, see what it is. Um, I got quite a few really good comments mm. in the uh, in, in on that video, mm. and I thought tonight we could address some of the comments. Um, I have we've got print, printed out here. Uh, I got my copy. Dave I've got, got a his. copy. I've got and, my copy right here. And uh, Kevin's is probably on his screen. Mm. Um, so anyway, um, just some really, really good comments here, and I just kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion mm. along with my opinion on some of these comments. Okie dokie. Okay? Yeah. Sounds All right. Good. All right. So well, we'll just we'll just go in order here. All Let's right. give her. All right, so uh, Frederick Koenig over there in Switzerland, 60 Frederick, uh, he says, culture shock, isn't it somehow a sign of not being prepared yourself of the country you are visiting? Trying to understand why different countries do something different to your hometown makes the visit awesome. Sometimes it's better to go to one country several times than having many stamps in your passport from, you know, obviously other countries. What do you guys think about that one? He's almost kind of hitting several different things in this one, right? Um, yeah, like, um, like for example, being being prepared, mm-hmm. um, like being prepared for the for the country you're going to. Um, I, you know, I I can't really speak 
Okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to say this really quickly, and I'm long-winded, so blah. Um, we have plenty of time. Yeah. As, as far as Japan goes, um, I wasn't really hit in the face with culture shock, just because I had been living in Asia for five and a half years before I came to Japan. I've been living in Korea, um, but I'd had that maximum culture shock when I went to Korea, mm-hmm. um, because I that was like 2002, early. Uh, the web was young. Uh, there wasn't a lot of information out there. Not many people were going to. Well, I, I guess maybe people were start. A lot of people were starting to go to Korea, but they weren't blogging about it. They weren't. There was no YouTube. There was no source of information like that. So I, I you know, I went there. I went to my local bookstore in Canada and and picked up a few books, but there wasn't really much information. And I was really slapped in the face with culture shock. Um, as far as Japan goes, I mean, I think, you know, even like reading about something, you can read a lot. You could read a dozen books, you mm. can read two dozen books about Japan, what it's like to be in Japan. But once you actually arrive, I guess so. I don't know. It's a book. <laughs> a long paper For those people out there who do read books, and mm. I don't really do that much either. Um, but, you know, I mean, reading about something and experiencing it are two completely different things. I think reading mm. about it, that is it's great. not going to prepare you. I think I personally I think it would be uh I think it would be difficult to prepare for Japan. Really? Yeah. I mean even with all the stuff that you see on the web or you mm-hmm. read about I still think when the reality like Kevin said reading about it and experiencing it are two different things and I think when you get here mm-hmm. it, it's well okay one of the first things and this the weather let's <laughs> fell off my chair sorry okay. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Is it much? No, I don't. First day on the new ass? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so uh, like, uh, this, this is a very mild thing, but when I first got here, the the one the one thing that stuck out to me so much when I first got here, I got off the plane mm-hmm. in Narita. Mm-hmm. I went through, got through customs, got my bags, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And when I walked outside, when the doors open, mm-hmm. I got punched in the face with a wall of heat uh, and sweat and humidity yeah. that I had never imagined in my life. Whoa, and you're from Kentucky. Right. And the humidity here is just Whoa. like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this. I mean, this place would make Tarzan sweat. <laughs> and it's just, you know? <laughs> and I couldn't believe that. Was, I mean, that really, because mm. it was just that thick, murky wall of heat, yep. you know? Yep. Um, I know. Yep. I know. <laughs> you can hear about it, but it's not the same. You know, I have sweet, I sweet Lord Jesus, I know. <laughs> Yeah, we've been talking about humidity and weather the past couple of days, you know, here mm-hmm. and there. And I keep hearing people say, "Well, you need to you need to go to Atlanta in July." I've been to Atlanta in July. It's not like it's not like here. Wow. <laughs> How well, about you? I, mm. well, for me, um, when I first came to Japan, uh, I think the biggest culture shock uh, was on the train. I was I actually flew into Nagoya, and um, I'll, I'll never forget being on the train, and and it was very crowded, and it. I literally had the moment where I was, good Lord, every single person on this train is Japanese. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but I mean, every single person on this train is Asian. And, you know, coming from Los Angeles and everything, you know, yeah, especially from where I lived, there were lots of Asians, lots of Koreans, Japanese, you, you name it. But there were also lots of white people and brown people and purple people and all those kind of things, you know, and just like, wow. There sure are a lot of Asians here. There sure are a lot of Asians. Who let them in? You know, <laughs> but no, it was really a big, it was a big wow moment. It's like, wow, you know, I know it's a homogeneous society, but they, they weren't kidding. Wow. They really do look alike. <laughs> no, I wasn't that bad, but it, it, and it was very humid as well too. Mm. Um, 
but of course when we came there was no internet there was, there was no, nothing like that so no. you got a couple of pictures from book or something mm. like that them book things that you were talking about a few mm -hmm. minutes ago the lonely planet uh, or something yeah ex exactly and you know those are you can take what you can out of those things yeah but um yeah, there's nothing like the, the internet now where you can see lots of pictures of lots of different things. So it, that was a big surprise to me. Mm. Well, actually, that, that, that reminds me. I mean, I, I guess I, it's not a, really a Japan story because I mentioned like, I didn't really have the culture shock when I came to Japan because of the fact sure. that I had experience in Asia. Mm. But, I mean, a, Korea, a quick Korea story. My first night in Korea, I remember I actually I literally ended on a Friday night in Korea um, at the airport, Incheon Airport. And um, the, the, the owner of the school came to pick me up at the airport. Mm -hmm. They really t they really take care of you there compared to well, I mean I don't know about now but in 2002 they'd pick you up from the at the airport bring you to your your free furnished apartment um you know they pay for the airfare all that stuff but I remember getting picked up at the airport um, the school owner some Jap uh, some of the Korean English teachers and we're heading towards the place where I was living and they're like oh your apartment isn't ready so we have a hotel for you for the next couple of days. And they, 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 by the time we got there, um, uh, you know, it was it was probably around eight o'clock at night. They dropped me off the hotel. They're like, "We'll be here tomorrow morning to get you." And they dropped me off the hotel, and uh, you know, I get there, and then it's uh, you know the, the convenience store on the on the first floor. And I remember walking to the convenience store. Now in Canada, there's pretty strict liquor laws, very strict alcohol control laws. Yeah, you can't you can't buy alcohol at corner stores or in supermarkets or you know convenience stores. No, no, no. It's all in government controlled liquor stores. Obviously, clearly no open container laws. Um, very very strict regulations with alcohol, and the police definitely definitely enforce those laws <laughs> um, with great vigor um so i can remember going to this and i'd heard like in korea i can drink in public you can drink outside and i'd never experienced this before and i can remember <laughs> going to this convenience store and they sold these like uh quart-sized bottles of beer and glass bottles 750 milliliter bottles of beer and i remember i'm like it's my first night here i'm like i, I grabbed this bottle of beer and i'm like i'll take <laughs> it to my hotel room and i'll drink it you know and it. they're not even behind the counter i know <laughs> i'll get a few beers i'll go to my, to my hotel room and um, I get the beer, and I walk up to the convenient the, the clerk, and I put it down. And she just pulled out a bottle opener and went, Psh! and opened it, like on the counter at the convenience <laughs> store. I was like, huh? Huh? Enjoy. What? And then and then I'm like, she's like, and puts out her hand. I give her the money, and she gives me my change. I'm like, and then I'm walking to this store with like an open bottle of beer, and I remember like kind of like, Asia's <laughs> the best. Well, actually, no. I was like, are they? Can trying to are they trying to pinch the the Weiguk, which is like the gaijin in Korea? And I'm like, oh, and I remember actually like like looking over my shoulder and seeing a park across the road, like oh, and I actually kind of like quite like kind of like hit it and kind of walked over to the park and sat down on a bench and like in, in paranoia drinking my beer and then realizing partway through like wait, I'm okay, I'm allowed to do this. There's a reason why the woman in the convenience store opened my beer for me. It's and then, the, Korea. But that that was that was a real whack in the face. Uh, that was a culture shock moment. Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw something out here, and sure. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out. No trash. Want your, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the thing about culture shock with me is I, I'm wondering how much, especially when somebody first comes to a country, like when I first came to Japan, how much is culture shock really connected with uh, just homesickness? 
because when I first came to Japan, it was in the late it was in late October, and I was moving around a lot in in the prefecture. I really didn't have any friends. This was back in Japan when nobody had telephones. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. And Halloween uh, was just around the corner. Uh, it was Christmas actually. It was just around the corner, and I, I'll never forget my first Christmas was in Shizuoka after coming back living in another city, and I didn't know anybody. The only two people I knew, one girl. Her boyfriend had flown from the States, and so they said, okay, you know, we had, like, some lunch or something. Okay, bye, Dave. And and uh, this other guy I knew went off and did something because there were not a whole lot of foreigners back then. Oh. It was just, like, basically me going home to my apartment my first Christmas without my family ever and, like, boo-hoo. So, I mean, that was that was a bit of a culture shock in, in that situation, but I think that was a lot more homesickness than anything else, too. So I think I think sometimes for some people, especially right off the boat, uh, it's combined, but after mm. a few years, once you know you don't miss your family anymore or what have you, <laughs> and you're still shocked about some things, then that that's pure culture shock. Family, family, family. yeah, What's family. That's that four-letter word, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where'd you learn how to spell? Hey, as I said, I haven't even read twelve books. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah, you know, I think culture shock's going to hit everybody yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and 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 a lot of times it can be very surprising. I mean, you've got the obvious. Things like the squat toilet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time you see one of those, yeah. even if you've seen pictures of them, sure. the first time you've got one right in front of you, it's like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding yeah. me. Um, yeah. Can, can I tell a little – Kevin likes my stories. Here, here's a little story. I love your stories, Jim. Uh, uh, here's a squat toilet story. Tell away. Oh, let me take a sip first. Yeah. I was So I was here on vacation, and we went up to – uh, this place called Nihon Daira. It's on top of this mountain and it has a really good view across the bay and then Mount Fuji's off in the distance. Mm. And there's a hotel up there. And there's also a cable, like one of, is it called a cable? And it's not a cable car. What do you call those? The hang the ones that hangs from the cable and goes across the Gondola? What's that? Gondola? Gondola, that's in the water, isn't it? Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. And you know you know I don't, what I'm talking about. I don't know. Cable car. I don't <laughs> I'm know. Just here, yeah, folks. a cable car. This is the one <laughs> I'm just the sitting there. I'm just sitting well, here. It's, it's, it's a big touristy area. So uh, we get up there, and I have to use the restroom. And we're over at the gondola area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I really got to go. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was a number two. And Thanks uh, for sharing. But, yeah, I think we all I, kind of figured that. I, I use a squat toilet, you know. There's only one time you, you're thinking of peril when it comes to a squat toilet. <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's especially, true. That's especially true. when you're a guy. You know? Yeah, I had oh, to all right. Yeah, I had to pee. The water was so deep. Yeah, um, exactly. so, so, um, so I, where's the restroom? And they pointed out to me and I go running over and I run down this flight of steps, run in the bathroom. One stall's open. I push the door open and there's that squat toilet. And it's the first time I had seen one. I'd been here like a week, but they had a regular Western toilet in the house where I was staying. Mm. So I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, what is this? Am I supposed to sit on the floor? Like, how how do I use this? And I was like, I can't do it. And I ran back out, hopped in the car, and there's a hotel. I said, take me over to the hotel. So we went over to the hotel, and they had a Western toilet. And Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's, I was birthed under fire in, in Korea when I got there in 2002, man. Like, the squatters are squatters, man. And they didn't even have toilet paper in them. Good luck finding toilet paper in a, in a in a bathroom in Korea in 2002. You always had to carry your own packets with you everywhere you go. Carry a backpack yeah. with packets of toilet paper. And then even the the, the talk about culture shock. 
they don't no one they didn't flush toilet paper there would always be like a look like a little garbage can beside the toilet uh, yeah, yeah. that's where right. they just wipe the ass and throw the dirty soiled toilet paper in the bucket uh, yeah, yeah. yeah now what now once upon a time yes korea when 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 the actual the pipes weren't wide enough to deal with toilet paper being flushed down that made sense Mm-hmm. But in 2002, when I first landed there, in a modern kind of subdivision of Seoul, that didn't make sense. Why mm-hmm. would you have that? Like, you know, the toilets could handle toilet paper. But nonetheless, there would be a small waste paper basket beside every toilet filled with shade-covered toilet paper. Uh, pardon, pardon my French. Um, I believe cream. that is French. Ice cream and covered toilet paper. <laughs> and I know this is a clean podcast, even though. Yes, yeah, well, French, I went I to well, we went to uh, Korea two years ago, mm-hmm. and I was sick the entire time. We so meaning I, uh, Tomoko and Jim. Tomoko I and I, yeah. Oh, not, not you and Dave. me. Oh. Um, I was sick the entire time, so I hardly left the hotel. But Tomoko was telling me that, like, when she was out, she went to the restroom that they they had the. The uh, the trash cans for the toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty disgusting. And so they still do into. Oh well, okay. Oh, there you go. Mm. Um, yeah, it doesn't smell nice. <laughs> okay, now guys, kind of switch this around a little Please. bit. Please. Reverse culture shock. Ah, yeah. Mm. Somebody was asking. Uh, let's see, Martin, Martin Melchor, mm-hmm. which he's actually doing a video a day for the next year. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, kind of Props. a training. It's it, it's his own little training program that was uh, given to him by Kurt. Oh, okay. Uh, training to be oh, a vlogger. Oh, that's the guy that Kurt talked about. Uh. Yeah, that's the one. So Martin says, uh, reverse culture shock, so much worse. Uh, after he returned home from Japan, couldn't stand being back in America for at least three months. Mm. So um, you guys, reverse culture shock? Mm. Going back? I've, going I've, home? I've definitely experienced it. Um Different than different than Martin describes it. It wasn't that I couldn't stand to be back. Um, I spent five and a half years in Korea, and then I went back to Canada to go to uh, university again. Um, I was ecstatic to be back in Canada. I was so happy. I was over the moon to be back in Canada. But where it the culture shock came in, or the reverse culture shock, I didn't feel like I I didn't feel like I fit in. Mm. Um, I felt out of place. I felt I didn't feel like I was a Canadian in a you weird felt way. Like you were an Asian person walking <laughs> around. No, I felt like I was a person of no nation almost. I just uh. kind of felt confused and weird. Um, people were behaving in a way that I wasn't used to. Uh, yeah. um, people were more aggressive than I was used to. Right. Um, and in in many ways, I found it refreshing. But in also in other ways, I found it confusing and kind of disconcerting. Right. Now, that five years, uh, you hadn't gone home at all in those five years? I went home twice in five, five and a half years. But each time was for a pretty short period of time, like sure. like a few weeks or something like that, you know, where it was basically just hanging out with my parents. Right. Um, but, yeah, to actually go back – and to be honest, and I mentioned this to uh, Kurt um, in a comment one time um, when he was talking about, like, how long it's taking him to kind of feel getting back home. And actually, to be honest, if for me, it felt like it took about three or four months, more like about four months to actually feel like, all right, okay, cool. I'm back again. Um, and, and one of the big things for me actually was the uh, when I when I got to Korea, realizing how safe it was, much like Japan. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could go for a walk at two o'clock in the morning in a seedy neighborhood and no one would lay a hand on me. Right, sure. Um, no one bat an eye. Yeah. No one bat an eye. No one try to mug me or right. yeah. ha- have their way with me. Um, oh my God. No, 
<laughs> as many people want to. Um, but, but of course, no, no, no one would try to, you know, do any harm to me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could go in the middle of the night and walk around. I could, you know, pull out 50 bucks from my wallet and no one would jump me when I walked out of the convenience store. Yeah, um, right. You know, so you kind of let your guard down. And then all of a sudden I move back to uh, not a huge city, but a city of about a million people. And they've got some pretty seedy areas and this and that. Sure. And all of a sudden, I'm kind of walking around like, do, 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 do. And all of a sudden, there's like junkies on the street. And there's like crackheads. And there's like aggressive panhandlers. Yeah. And people in your face like, give me money. And you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Yeah. And and that, that really kind of spun me for a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely took a few months for me to get used to that. So I definitely have experienced. I think, I think reverse culture shock was much rougher for me than actual culture shock of mm, yeah, going to a new place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about you, Dave? I remember one time several years ago, I had to go back uh, because I my visa had finished and I was waiting for another visa to be processed. And it took a lot longer than I thought it would. And that was several years ago. And we had a big earthquake in the Southern California area. And um, so everything shut down for several months. So it was very difficult for me to get a job or anything. And what was so interesting for me is even though I'd been in Japan and this is actually after I'd only been in Japan for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, after being back in America for, let's say, three or four weeks, and I was staying in a room that literally had not changed. <laughs> they had not changed anything in the room. At uh, your parents' at house? My, at my dad's place, yeah. Everything was, I mean, even in the drawers and everything. I mean, a couple of things were a little off, you know, if I opened up a drawer, like, oh, what's this pen doing here? And it was so weird because after about three weeks, I was thinking, was Japan a dream? Was Was that real was that uh, uh, a television episode in my brain like some kind of twilight zone episode or some science fiction mm. episode uh because this is real and it really hasn't changed or anything so that that happened to me when i went back uh after just two years of being in japan and and um having to stay in in the states for a while mm. oh i should i should mention to everybody that's listening to this uh Dave and I have been in, in Japan for the same time, yeah. about 23 years, mm. a little over 23 years. Mm. I think we're about five, six months apart. Yes. Um, but we both came in 91. Yep. Um, I, um, I, myself, I've, I've only been here for six years. <laughs> you suck. I'm a new, uh, <laughs> newbie. <laughs> the, the first time I went home was a year, my, after a year and a half being here. And I can, and now my experience was a little different than your guys, mm. than you guys. Mm. Um, when I came over here, I was I was married to a Japanese when mm-hmm. I got here, mm-hmm. and we were living with her family. And I didn't speak a word of Japanese when I got off the plane. I had, I mean, I could probably count to ten, and that was about it. Uh, so I was sink or swim as far as the Japanese goes, because you know I'd have to you know listen to her mom and dad talk and her family and all this and all mm-hmm. that, and the neighbors would talk to me, and I had no idea. You know, I was a deer caught in the headlights yeah. the entire time. Um, so after about a year and a half, I finally took a trip home and I can remember getting off the plane in LA. And when I was walking through the airport, all the announcements were in English yeah. and everybody was speaking English and it was an overload. Yeah. I, I couldn't process it. Yeah. It was too much. I'd been listening to Japanese for yeah. so long. Yeah. I mean, obviously I understood what people were saying, but it was just so much. It was like, yeah. oh my God, you know, where do I focus my, you know, where do I listen you know, yeah, it's interesting because I think there was an uh, 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 scene in Superman that was very similar. So, are you saying that you're Clark Kent? Yes, I am, or that, wow. or, or Bruce Almighty listening to the prayers. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, 
Yeah, that's true too. Wait a minute, which which are you, God or Superman? I want to be Superman. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a better that's a better one to go just for. Just want the cape. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I I just want the shorts. <laughs> Just the shorts. Yeah. It's interesting you should say that, though, because I, I was going to mention that as well. When I when I went back to the States, I think, during that same trip, it was just like, yeah, going to a restaurant, it, when, when you're in Japan and you're not, you know, you don't know Japanese very well, it's all just background noise. Mm-hmm. But once you can mm-hmm. hear somebody at another table say something that's fairly interesting or gossipy or something, like, what the, are they? It becomes a, concoph- a, a cacophony of noise. You're, like, distracted all the time. You're, like, yeah. all of yeah. a sudden you're, like, eavesdropping in conversations. Like, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? Yeah. And that's I, that's one thing I, I found, even, like, with Korea and Japan, even if you become relatively proficient in understanding the language um my korean was always a hell of a lot better than my japanese is and although my my spoken japanese is crap and a half i still comprehend quite a bit Hmm. um it i I can turn it off i go to a starbucks here in japan and i'm not listening i mean i I maybe you know if i if i actively listen if i sit down and like "Hmm, i'm gonna listen to them i can understand pretty much most of what they're saying um but i don't but when i go back to canada i can't help it yeah because right. you're all speaking English, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's naughty. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, somebody, uh, Uchiha Itachi, kind of made like a kind of, a, I think they were trying to be cute, um, but they said, were you forgetting English words and phrases and all that all that other fun stuff, like when I went back to the States, or mm-hmm. even now? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, that, that's actually, that, that's called, for, there's actually a technical term for that. It's called first language attrition. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. First language attrition. Um, it's 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 a matter of a lot of people. That, yeah, first language. A lot of people who do live in uh, a country like Japan or Korea. Um, you know, you have the per- the people who immerse themselves in the language. For example, who are only using Japanese. Of course, their actual native language diminishes. But not mm-hmm. even that. It's just people. For example, like in my case, um, where I don't use Japanese very much because of my work environment. Much like yours, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to the last episode of, of of the podcast where you talked wow. about your situation, and I'm very similar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, in my situation, I spend my days teaching young children. I can't use complex vocabulary. Yeah. I can't talk about current topics and issues. I can't mm-hmm. talk about, you know, ISIS in Iraq and the moves that they're making and how what's going to happen with that. I can't talk about that. And and then when I come home, um, you know, I've got little kids. I've got a wife who's frantic taking care of little kids, and she does have she has no time nor although she has the language ability, she has no time nor nor, nor the interest to talk about politics or history, <laughs> yeah, exactly, or current affairs. Um, so I don't I don't get to talk about these things that I want to talk about or discuss. I don't get to talk. So I'm I'm like I'm I'm sitting at home like I'm listening to things I'm intaking, but I don't get to talk about it. And I find that too. Like I've got that what they call first language attrition, where I'm losing my vocabulary. Words are on the the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I'm on talking to my friends back home. I'm like, oh, what is? How do you say? Uh, what is that again? Uh, and I do have I do have issues. I, I have issues. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I absolutely definitely and I, I, f- I feel kind of dumb sometimes. Um, whereas it, I, know when, I, mean, I know I'm a teacher. And when your students are asking you, how, how do you say this in a in, in a better way? And you're, and you're thinking you said it pretty good right there. Sounded uh, good to me. Trying, sound good to me. 
Here you go. Right. Sounds perfect. And not only that, then then a student right next to you says the word and says something. Yeah, what she said. What this this person who's who's paying me to teach <laughs> right. them this language. Yeah, what she said. Yeah. One of right the higher there. level students will yeah, correct right you. Right there. Yeah. Exactly. They'll give you they'll give you a word that you should have used. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't I don't think we lose our English, but it's I I think it gets rusty. Hmm. I mean, obviously the vocabulary is still there, but like you said, Kevin, it gets to the it gets right to the end of your tongue. And, and it just, like, I, I, uh, no, I'll, I'll tell you guys uh, how they how they say that in Japanese. Oh. They don't. We do it like here, right? It's on the tip of my tongue, right? Mm-hmm. The Japanese say it's in their throat. Ah, uh, nodomade. Nodomade. Yeah. That's so nice. there's a little little difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, you you lose the ability to uh, to. Uh, uh, like this, you like, know, to, like to spit a word out. To converse fluently and fluidly, yes. Now, Kevin, with, your with, own native language. With, with this situation, as far as, you know, losing vocabulary or phrases and stuff like that, do you find that making videos on your Busan Kevin channel, www.youtube.com slash Busan Kevin, uh, do you find that making videos and doing podcasts help you with that? Absolutely, man. That's I, I mentioned that. Uh, here I go pimping again. I made a video um, on my Jayland Kev channel um, recently. The Jayland Kev channel. I know that one. Jayland Kev. Yeah. Jayland Kev. That's that's the uh, kind of my 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 currently the the channel that I'm currently active on. My that's on not Kevin the Boost on Kevin channel. It's the Jayland. That's the other yeah. channel. Oh, I've stop it here too. Just say what you want to <laughs> okay. say. Uh, no, no. Absolutely, man. Um, <laughs> I I think that and. Uh, I okay. I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that at my age, I'm 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 in my late 30s. I'm 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 going to be 39 in a few months. Actually, next month, um, I've got a family. I've got young kids. I spend most of my time. I I either work. I I work and I come home with my and I spend my time with my family. That's what I do. Yeah. I don't socialize. I don't yeah. go to bars. I'm not out partying with people. I'm not. A, you know, when I was when I was in Korea, 26 years old, 25 years old, I was hanging out with all the 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 gaijins and meeting lots of foreigners and i was sure. dating for i was dating you know canadian english teachers or american english teachers and this and that i was hanging out with a lot of people who are native english speakers i'm not in that situation now yeah um i'm very happy with my situation but i'm not using language in the way that you know uh, i would have been if i were back in canada so um youtube for example, one of the things that continues to motivate me to to do to do YouTube is that I get to interact with other like well I make friends like Jim like you Molly I, I I meet people like you I meet guys like Victor I meet guys like Scott Unrested I meet I meet wonderful people like in America like my friend Fan Pants uh, John Fam all these YouTubers who are great people and um uh you know i i meet all these wonderful viewers and listeners and we chat and on my i'm not, i'm not trying to be like a, a pimp out whore here but i'm like my facebook page th- my facebook page brings me lots of happiness i'm not joking my facebook page is at jayland kevin busan my my busan kevin facebook page yeah <laughs> um well but, in case people want to see it but every day yeah like like you know i, I i'm chatting with people on there they're they're sending me comments and it's a lot of fun i i literally do wake up in the morning excited to see what people have said and the comments they make and i interact oh, sure. with them sure, sure. and it it is great and and i think if i didn't have the fate if i didn't have the youtube if i didn't have the podcast hmm. dang i would just well, come home an interesting point, and I mean, this is something that a lot of foreigners uh, who move to Japan 
uh, or, or wherever you're living. It, it's something that that is is so different from when we came to Japan because there's this thing called the internet that yeah. people use occasionally, mm. and it really does connect everybody. And you know, in some ways, it's a it's a bad thing because, as we talked a little bit about in the last podcast. Before the internet, before people actually had cell phones or even a telephone, you had to go out and meet, meet people. Now mm-hmm. I really and you had to adjust, and you had to adjust. Mm-hmm. Now you That's don't right. have to. Why? Why? And I, I've known some people in the past, especially when I was working at Nova and I was I was a manager there, of people who, because Nova was was changing a little bit, they would just go home and then Skype with their boyfriend or girlfriend back home, or 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 Skype with somebody, or just uh, rent a movie, download it, or or what have you. And they would just live in their room, in their own yeah. world. It's just like, well, why bother going to another country, you know? Now, sometimes I think that's really great, and you need that, and it's wonderful. And uh, it's so nice getting on the Internet and reading about things back home or being able to order things that you were not able mm-hmm. to buy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, several years ago. It's great. But um, staying in your little cocoon. No, I have to admit, like I, 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 I have to kind of look back on it with some nostalgia. I can remember when I first moved to, like in 2002, to Ilsan, Korea, and then oh, it's Buzzer here, yay! Um, I can remember, like, like no, I mean we had emails obviously around at that point, 2002, but there was no Facebook, there was no MySpace, there was no YouTube, there's no, no, there's no social media, and I can remember actually like. This one moment, I was by this Lotte department store in Ilsan, and there was this foreign guy across the road, and he was this blonde guy with a big kind of like Afro kind of like blonde hair. And he, he, he looked at me, he saw me across four lanes of traffic, and he waved his arm, and we actually like literally crossed four lanes of traffic to meet each other. It was like, hi, my name's Kevin. Where are you from? He was like, my name's so-and-so. I'm from South Africa. I'm like, I'm from Canada. Awesome, man. And we're like, how long have you been in Korea? He's like, I've been here for two months. I'm like, I've been here for two weeks. Oh, what's your email address? And like we got the email, like, What's like, email like let's, yeah. let's go meet up and drink beer sometime because we couldn't have phones at that point. Um, yeah. uh, they wouldn't give uh, foreigners couldn't get cell phones. Mm. Um, and I didn't. I think I had a land phone, but he didn't have a land phone. Um, so it was like, and then we we couldn't get internet or, at, in our apartments either. So we had to like check your internet at work. Mm. Your, your email, sorry, your email. Um, well, when but, we first came over here, getting a phone in your apartment. Cost six or seven hundred dollars. Oh, more than that. More than that. It was really you had you had to buy your you phone buy line. Your just to get a landline. Do it. What's that? Just to get a landline. Yeah. 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 You had to get a oh, phone wow. line. You had to pay like you know. I remember it was as about around twelve hundred dollars. Okay. I remember doing it. Um, wow. Now yeah. my first month here, I was calling home. You know, you get a little homesick, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm calling. You know, call my friends, call my family, blah blah blah. And my first phone bill was almost a thousand dollars. Wow. For the month. Wow. And that was like, you know, you can't make any more phone calls. Nope. 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 nope because nope. I wasn't working. You yeah. Know, I had, I had one the shitty little job where I was just working a couple hours a week. I couldn't afford to pay for mm-hmm. anything. So it was like, you know, there wasn't the convenience of the internet. Nope. Mm. Nope. 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 Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, kind of move forward here. Mm. Um, now we've got, uh, the Uchiha Itachi also said, and this is the one that, uh, this is one that kind of spurred me to do this this evening. This is kind of the meat and potatoes of this podcast for tonight. Um, he says something to weigh in on. I've heard people saying that even after living in Japan for years and being fluent in Japanese and maybe even being a citizen, uh, some Japanese people still treat you as a foreigner who knows nothing. 
What's your opinion on that? Gentlemen? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll chime in very quickly cuz I I'm the I'm I'm the noob. But in my opinion, um yeah, of course. <laughs> because I'm not Japanese. <laughs> and why would anyone ever expect me to be Japanese because I'm not. I'm a white Canuck. Um in my case, I have no issue with that. I have no problem with that for me. Um I surrendered myself to that 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 how shall I say that existence a long time ago. It's, mm. It was like that in Korea as well. Um, a lot of people say that I can eat chopsticks better than any Korean person they ever met. And then people in Japan say, oh, you can eat chopsticks better than any Japanese person you can meet. Whatever. It doesn't bother me because, I mean, I mean I, this is my perspective. I'm not someone who's trying to be Japanese. Yeah. I'm not someone who is attempting to be. I'm a Canadian guy who um, was living – I'm a Canadian guy who was a software designer in Canada who said, hey, I'm bored. I want to do some traveling. I went to Korea. I taught English. I met a Japanese woman. I fell in love. And then I decided to come to Japan. I'm like I have no no ambitions of being Japanese because um, I'm Canadian. I love Canada. I'm a proud Canuck. That's me. Um it would be better if I could speak better Japanese, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I, I I am a foreigner, right? Yeah. yeah. How about you, Dave? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I I agree with you as as well, Kevin. Because there are some foreigners that want to become Japanese. I am Japanese, and you know they wear the Japanese dress and they're they're hanagaijing basically crazy ja- crazy yeah. foreigners that are more Japanese. Yeah. And I'm not one of those either. Having that said, uh, now that I'm in my mid-40s and I will be entering my late 40s now, uh, I am getting to the point in life where, um, yeah, I'm not a 22-year-old kid right off the boat. I've been here for a while, and uh, I, especially in this area. So when somebody who's younger than I am or a little older than I am uh, and they know me. Now, if, the, if you don't know me, how would you know that I haven't been here? But I mean, people who I've taught for a long time who know I've been here for almost a quarter of a century say things and treat me like I'm right off the boat. I almost want to slap them. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody I don't know. Yeah, sure. You don't know me from Adam. So why not? You would think that, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, but somebody who I've I've taught for a decade who knows I've been here, who knows the amount of taxes I've paid into this city mm. and knows you know, that I, I've been here when the station was a very different building and everything. And then they're saying like, oh, you know, Japanese people do this. It's like, don't make me hurt you. Right, you know? right, right. And, and, and that's I, what I'm I, a little upset with. It's like, no, don't treat me like I'm some 22-year-old kid anymore because I'm an adult now. And granted, I'm not Japanese, but I've been in this area for longer than you have. And I mean, I've gotten this from some people who have not lived in Shizuoka longer than I have. Right. And they're trying to tell me about, you know, something that's pretty obvious. So about I, I've only ever taught children, so I've never had that. And I've yeah. moved around. Yeah. Actually, I've moved around to different locations within the Kansai region mm-hmm. over the over, over my only six years here. I've moved around it. And I've, I've so I've never... Yeah, wow, that would be irritating. I've never well, experienced it. I, I find that the, the most trouble comes from uh, the foreigners that have been here f- for a short time, but they assume that they're here 
they've been here for a long time. Uh-huh. Somebody that's been here a year or two and they think, oh, I know everything about Japan. I've been here for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, those are usually the ones that get pissed off when a Japanese person says, oh, you're really good with chopsticks. Or, oh, you're, you say one word in Japanese like, oh, arigato gozaimasu. And they say, oh, your Japanese is so good. And then you get these these young, pissy people that say, I've been here for a year and a half. Of course I speak Japanese. Of course I can use chopsticks. Nah, 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 nah. Um, you, you get that a lot. And mm. my my opinion on that, and even even if I, I like you said, almost a quarter of a century. Yeah. It does not bother me one bit because when I walk into a shop. Yeah. That person has no idea if yeah. I've been here for 23 years. You don't 20... have a sticker on our shirt or anything right. like this, you know. If I've you been know, here yeah, for 23 I... years or 23 minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, they, yeah. what you know, I, I find. I, I was going to kiss your ass for a moment, Jim. What's that? I'm going to kiss your ass for a moment, Jim. Okay. Um, um, you got a comment on one of your videos today, on your video today, where someone said that they really liked your laid back attitude. Mm-hmm. That you're not in your face like other J vloggers. Right. And I remember you made a video while you were sitting in an airport, or was it a Shinkan sensation? Somewhere mm-hmm. about a year ago, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. where someone came up and spoke English to you. And right. you, you said this very thing about why you weren't pissed off them because you're like, they don't know who you are. Yeah. Are you a, right. they, they have no idea that you lived here for 23 years. Right. So many bloody travelers come to Japan. So right. many business people come exactly. here. Right. They don't now, know. I was talking to Tomoko tonight, and I'll share this with with other people. Um, a lot of times when I go into a convenience store, mm. I will purposely speak English mm. just to frighten the person mm. behind the counter, you know, just for fun, right? So I'll go in, I'll get a pack of cigarettes, and I'll say, uh, yeah, could you uh, give me number 94? And they get that big look on their face like, what did oh, he just say? Yeah. And then I go ninety four, and I do the I do the fingers nine four, and uh, they figure it out, and then they get it, and then they they give me the cigarettes, and I say arigatouzaimasu. Nihon Yeah, I speak Japanese, and they oh they start laughing, yeah. and you know we have a really good time about it. Yeah. Um, that I usually do that with young girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of times when I go into a store like a convenience store, an old lady will be behind the counter, mm-hmm. and she gets an immediate look of fear on her face yeah. when she sees me and she's not afraid of me. Mm-hmm. She's afraid of me speaking to her and not being able <laughs> to communicate. Yeah. She's afraid <laughs> I'm going to eat her. Um, she, she's afraid that I'm going to speak in English and she's not going to be able to handle the conversation. Yeah. And I'll say something in Japanese and then she'll say, Oh, your Japanese is really good. And I'll say, well, you know, I've been here for 23 years. And then, then she's like, Oh, uh, well, of course, you know, of yeah, course, you know, you yeah. can speak I've Japanese. Got, I've gotten that a lot too. So, you know, um, so people that get offended by that kind of stuff, try not to. Um, yeah. how, you know, how are other Japanese people supposed to know that you've been here for a period of time? They have right. no idea. I, That's the yeah. thing, especially when you live, I mean, you guys live in Shizuoka. I mean, I'm living in Kobe hmm. where they're just foreigners all over the place. Like I was cycling home from work, um, three nights ago and i was like driving through this like really industrial port area which is like a shortcut to get home and there's a and as i i stop at a light and i notice across the road at an intersection there's a group of about eight or nine men who are um you know they're clearly southeast asian descent 
Oh. Um, a group of men. I'm like, I'm looking at them like either they're Indian, they're maybe Indian, I, I assumed. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're kind of surrounding a Japanese woman and they're holding pieces of paper and she's trying to talk to them. And then, and I'm waiting at the light, I'm waiting at the light. And then I can see all of a sudden the Japanese woman points at me. And she's like pointing at me. And then all the men kind of stop and look at me. And they're all looking at me. And this is in a port area. So a lot of ships and stuff. And then I he wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> I realized I'm naked from the from from the waist down. As as that happens. As we are now. Yeah. And, and then the and the lights were spinning behind me, and the cops came up. Uh, but yeah, I know. So I, I kind of and then I realized, okay, um, I, obviously I, I'm going to probably interact with these guys. And I kind of cycle across the road, and I, I um, like, hey guys, what's up? And I said just in English, hey, what? How are you? What's up? And they're like. They spoke to me in English, like um, we're uh, we're we're sailors. We're looking for uh, Sanomiya Station, which is like the main station in downtown Kobe, which isn't too far away. And uh, the woman, the Japanese woman, looks very happy. <laughs> she like, kind of like scurried away. And um, I'm like, hey, everyone, you guys all speak English? And I'm like, yeah, we speak English. And I'm like, where are you from? They're like, oh, Sri Lanka. We're sailors. And then it was very cool. But there's like a neat moment, like where as in uh, Kobe. Mm. that kind of thing is pretty common wow um, you're gonna find uh, and there's so many cruise ships that dock here uh, like, <laughs> exactly like, like, like three or four massive cruise ships a week so there's like rich yankee yankee tourists and mm-hmm. there's European tourists and there's like the sri lankan sailors who and then you get the universal language right um english right yeah. so <laughs> yeah. So, um, in, in a situation like here in Kobe, it's, it's pretty different. So, you know, you get a lot of English around, but, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just ranting and losing my point. <laughs> well, Sorry. I'm going to, I'm just going to digress now. Okay. Well, um, let's, let's hit the comments here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Let's see. Uh, Blah, lots of blah blahs. But no, it's, you guys go ahead and talk for a second while I look yeah. through here. Well, I mean, you know, the, the whole topic tonight was about culture shock and everything. And I think that can really happen with a lot of different things. Mm. And as you said in your video today, Jim, it's really one of those kind of situations where it's like you go, what? And even if you've been into a, in a country, lived in a country for a long time, that still can happen to you occasionally. And it really depends somewhat on what kind of week or what kind of day you're having you know mm, yeah absolutely up and fly and then sometimes like no i'm i'm not doing this and i'm not in the mood for this yeah i'm not i'm just <laughs> no i'm i'm uh, yeah we've all got those days yeah and everybody has those days yeah. versus like nope gonna hammer you you just said something really stupid there so and so and i'm gonna hammer you on this right. uh, really stupid point or or the thing that gets me food which gets a lot it's a big cultural difference for a lot of people where it's just like why can't I get all of the ingredients I need and want at one supermarket? Why do I have to go through three or four? Mm. So the the culture shock is really dependent, I think, on 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 the particular person and sometimes in the particular time of their mood and what they're really seeking. And it's 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 really can change a lot. I find I'm really sensitive during my menstrual cycle. Yeah, you are. Okay, our first yes. question comes from Scott Roberts, our buddy Scott Roberts. Oh, cool. Outside of the language difference, mm-hmm. what was the single biggest thing you each had to adjust to after moving to Japan? Dave. The biggest thing that I had to adjust to were the cockroaches. <laughs> That's <laughs> to right. To be brutally You're honest. California. Yeah, right. I, I just, uh, I, nah, I'd never seen them puppies that big before. Never, ever. Mm. So that was, that was pretty big. That just comes to, to, to my mind. 
<laughs> Kevin? Um, the fact that the word easygoing, the term easygoing does not exist. Um, yeah. um, just relaxed attitudes. There's no relaxed attitude. Um, when you're dealing with businesses, um, this and that, everything is by the book, by the book. There's no easygoing attitude to things. I can remember my first couple of weeks in Japan, I had not yet obtained my alien registration ID card, and I tried to join up to a gym. And they were like, no, you cannot. Yeah. Whereas in, I'm sure in Canada, or in, and I certainly know from my experience in Korea, if I'd forgot my ID card, they would have been like, yeah, here's a membership. We just want to get this bothersome foreigner out of our face. Bring it tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like you're, oh, oh, you're speaking English. Oh, oh, you're annoying. Here's your ID card or here's your membership card. Come back tomorrow. <clears throat> Japan, Japan, hell no. Um, so a very... Um, Mm, kind of anal retentiveness when it comes to doing things by the book that that, that oh. I, I, I hate to sound like an old man but boy you you're lucky you're in japan now because 20 years ago is even worse especially when you're anything postal anything mm-hmm. at the post office if you you couldn't scratch anything out you could you know oh you forgot to cross this t you have to do the entire document over yeah oh yeah jesus yeah. christ when it was you really something to, oh god um I would say my the biggest thing that, that got me, obviously, because I'm a fat guy, was food. Mm. Um, when I first got here, all I ate was McDonald's and all I drank was Coke. Mm. And then I started slowly. What's changed? <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> but then I slowly moved, started moving into eating more Japanese food. Yeah, um, like Moss Burger. Right, Moss Burger. Pizza lot. Right. Right. But I think I think food was the biggest one for mm. me. Mm. And. Uh, Sorry, Kevin. What did you say? <laughs> he doesn't listen to me either, Kevin. Don't take it personally. <laughs> I no, so, just I like, like, the by the book. Kevin. The way that people are so by the book. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. The, when I went to this is kind of off a little bit, but when I went to get my driver's license mm-hmm. renewed a couple years ago, mm-hmm. we were moving the next day. And they wouldn't allow me to put my new address on my driver's license. <laughs> I had to renew my I had to renew my my driver's license by that for, day for one day. It was a Friday, yeah. And we were moving on Saturday, and they wouldn't allow me to use my new address. I had to take my old my old address, and then go in the next week yeah. and have my address changed on on my driver's license. Yeah, that, that's, I'm that's moving tomorrow for Christ's sake. That's it's Japan. not like I'm going to cancel it. That is Japan. That is Japan. Or, or the beauty of going to a pizza shop, for example. Mm-hmm. This, this, uh, I have this, uh, this story about Korea, but it, I think it probably would parallel over to Japan. <clears throat> I remember going to a, a pizza shop with my friend, uh, a Canadian friend of mine, many years ago. And, um, you know, you walk into a Canadian pizza shop, <clears throat> you have the pepperoni and cheese. All right, cool. Can you add some extra pepperoni? Yeah, no problem. That'd be an extra buck. No problem. Here we go. He went to a Domino's pizza, and he's like, all right, uh, pepper and cheese. <coughs> all right, here you go. Uh, can I extra pepperoni? What? <laughs> extra pepperoni. Huh? What do you mean? <coughs> can I have extra pepperoni? What do you mean? I want more pepperoni in my pizza. Can you add some more? I'll, I'll pay. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. We can't do that. And this big debate went on. Like the manager was called, and blah, 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 blah. the manager's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, 
No extra pepperoni. You know, I don't think it's so bad here now as it yeah, used to be. But exactly. do you remember Remember back in the day, like, if it wasn't on the menu, you couldn't get it. <laughs> no, that's, that's essentially what it came down to. It was just like, yeah. you're ordering something off the menu. Our brains have just exploded. Like, we went to the steak restaurant one night. The What's it? The don- Donkey? What, Don? What's what what's the name of that place? Uh, Bronco Billy? No, no, no. Bikuni, anyway. Bikuni Donkey? Bikuni Donkey, that's the one. Oh, we went to Bikuni Donkey. Right, the steak hamburger, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and they had, like, the hamburger with corn and a salad. And then they had the cheeseburger with potatoes and a salad. Uh, well, I wanted the cheeseburger with the corn instead of the potatoes, and they wouldn't have any of that. It's like, it's not on the menu. You can't do that. And I've told this story before to Dave. Dave knows this one. You may, you may have even known this one, Kevin. Um, when I first got here, I went to McDonald's. And when you get French fries, you want ketchup, right? Yeah. Have you heard this, Kevin? Have you heard this one? Maybe so not. I go to McDonald's and I order a set and it's got the French fries and I ask, can I have some ketchup? Now, 23 years ago, they did not have packets of ketchup at McDonald's. Nope, they did you not. You could not get a packet yeah. of ketchup. And I said, can I have some ketchup for my French fries? We don't have any ketchup. And I was like, this is McDonald's. Yeah. And she says, we don't have ketchup. So I ripped open my burger. And I pulled it open. I said, what's that? I pointed to it. She says, it's ketchup. And I said, well, wherever you got that, go get me some of it. And then, you know, she's all flustered. And about five minutes later, the manager comes out with this little plastic cup with like three squirts of ketchup in it. And I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? You know, I mean, I might get one dip, you know. But for the longest time... After that, whenever I would go into that McDonald's, they would, have, they, they, they would have ketchup ready for me. They, they, would, they would get ketchup. They'd be a cop. Yeah. Okay, Craig Marshall says, uh, in your experience, how long does it take for culture shock, culture shock to sink in and or resolve, if any, time at all? I remember when I first came to Japan, my biggest problem uh, actually with culture shock had nothing to do with uh, a lot of the people around me. It had to do with the weather. And uh, it was during rainy season. and I never experienced anything like that. And the problem that I had during rainy season was the apartment that I had uh, didn't come with any kind of dryer. Mm. And it was extraordinarily difficult to get clean clothes. And as anybody knows who tries to, to, to dry their clothes when it's in a, in a wet, musky kind of situation is your clothes smell. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this was just a really bad situation for me. And, um, and not only that, it was a bad situation at work and a lot of things happening. And so that actually put me in a bad, bad situation mentally for, for, for a while. Just like, what am I doing here? I can't even clean my clothes. And what got me out of that was I finally found uh, a laundromat, a coin laundry, as they say in Japan, that was open until 12 or 1 o'clock at night. So I could finally wash my clothes and get them dried so they wouldn't stink. So that was my biggest situation, not just with the culture shot, with just kind of depression, because what the hell am I? I don't know anybody here. I don't have mm. a telephone. The, this one lady that I'm working with is Satan's spawn uh, and, and all of my clothes smell. And so that that's why, as I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, how much of it is homesickness and how much is it a culture shock and how, how do those really interact? For me, once I was able to get clothes and I got a video cassette recorder and they, they got me a TV because my TV had broken and I was able to watch movies again. Mm. That really 
made things a lot different and a lot better for me. TV was a bitch, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. I remember the yeah. only things I had to watch were Santa Barbara. Uh what what was what was the the neurologist? Um, ben Casey. Ben Casey. Wow. Ben Casey. I don't remember that. And Wanted Dead or Alive, the TV series. Mm. That was all I had of English English wow. programming. Yeah. Wow, that's nasty. On regular TV. Wow. Okay. Um. After somebody says we were talking a load of shit, I don't know what the hell he no, was he, talking he, about. When you were going to, he was making a joke. Oh, okay. You know when you guys when you were talking about having to go to the bathroom and, oh, and like okay. Korean stuff. So that's, okay. that's a joke. Okay. After twenty three years there, do you still get moments of culture shock? Yes. Yeah, yes. I do. Uh huh. Especially now that I have kids and that I'm having to deal with or having to learn about the uh, the the schools and everything. You know, my daughter had yet another day off. You know, there's some kind of myth that Japanese children go to school every day, and it's not true. I was about to say something. <laughs> right, 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 Kids right, right. get days off all the time over here. It's just extraordinary. Or half days, stuff that we never had in the States. When I was growing up, I never had that many days off. Yeah, we have a long, longer summer vacation. But I think if you add them all up together, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But And there's no rhyme or reason. It's like, think. Goodness, my wife has a calendar because, like, what's Amy doing here? What's my daughter Amy doing here? Why isn't she in school? Oh, it's a day off today because the the teachers needed their, you know, biweekly meeting or something like this. It's like, what? What the hell do they talk about all the time? Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff, um, because I'm I'm you know involved with the school system, is just it's what the heck? what what? Mm. Well, you know, even now after all this time, there's still I get those moments where. When I thought I'd seen everything, yeah. Jesus Christ, what just happened? Yeah. And I can't think of anything specific at the moment, but yeah, I, I still get things. How about you, Kev? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting to kind of fade off. Into Kevin's getting sleepy over oh, there. Oh, he's getting sleepy. Not having any sleep the night before. Um, yeah, no, I still, I, I definitely do. I definitely get um, those moments where I'm like, what's going on here? Um yeah, I guess with my, I know, one one thing that gets me going uh, is is with like for example like the kindergarten school system, um, people have no compunction with sending their children to school very sick. Yeah, yeah mm. like my my kid's sick. Oh, send him to school. My kid's sick. Oh, send him to school. Well, like, oh, isn't he? What are you doing? He's going to go to school. He's not going to get better. He's going to infect other kids. Yeah, but we're paying tuition if it's a private school. Um, this or that, but yeah, just like this kind of kids, uh, parents sending kids to school very sick over the years I've been here. It's just like, huh? That makes no sense to me. Mm. Um, because back home in Canada, a lot of the kids that that I, I've I've seen in my classroom would never be in school. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Ask him up, send him in. You get these like five, six year olds who are like basically on the verge of death, like staggering in the class in the morning. The parents dropping them off, like bye bye. Right, with a surgical mask about the size of half of their head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, wow. And wearing shorts and a t shirt, and it's 20 degrees below zero. Yes. Yeah. And then t- 20 minutes later, you take their temperature, and it's like 39.8. Right, 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 right. And then you call the parent, and you you call the parent. They're like, "Uh, "We can come and get them at four thirty. Yeah, great. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, well, that you know, the the uniforms, the school uniforms, (laughs) like my elementary school kids in the Mm -hmm. dead of winter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost snowing weather. Obviously, it doesn't snow here in Shizuoka, but Mm -hmm. it gets pretty cold down in the thirty. Class is a t-shirt and shorts. 
and the kids are in shorts and t-shirts and the windows are open. Yeah. And it's freezing cold in there. But they get the little hat on. That'll keep them warm, right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get a couple more of these, and then we'll let you go, Kevin, because you, we, I do see your eyes slamming shut over here. <laughs> it's because uh, we're boring him to death, James. No, you know, I'm not bored. I'm not bored. I just haven't had Bit much. Bob Zero says, I went to buy something from Bit Camera in Shinjuku on my first day in Japan, and the guy served me. He didn't treat me like a foreigner at all. He spoke really fast Japanese. Um, I, in, in my opinion... I think that's rude mm. to assume that the person is going to understand what they're saying, you know, and just blah, 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 you know, rattle stuff off in Japanese to them. You know, come on, guy. You know, what if this person doesn't speak Japanese? I would be more offended by that than I would be somebody trying to speak English to me. Mm. If they have no idea that I don't, that I speak Japanese, mm. if they didn't know and they just rattle it off to me, it, would you like to know if I can speak the language first? I don't know. Um, in, in some ways, I can see that's that's a nice thing because he's you know it's in Shinjuku, mm. and so it's it's you know a little bit more metropolitan, well, just a smidge than Fujieda. Just a little, <laughs> just a little bit, a hair's a mm. hair's smidge. So you know, in some ways, I think a lot of people would would think like, "Wow, this is great," and he's treating me like a regular person. He's not he's not trying to be condescending or anything like this. So there's a lot of ways. And I mean, uh, what you feel is is fine. It's justifiable because it's how you feel. But I can see how a lot of young people would be like, "Yeah, he's not treating me like a foreign. He's treating me like a real customer and everything like this." Who knows? They might even have had a um, uh, a, a problem in the past of somebody. That's you know, true. Trying to they may have had like, some foreigner went off on them like that. Treat me like a regular Japanese person. Why are you assuming I can't speak Japanese? Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they yeah, they may have had that. Yeah, you need those wankers all the time. Yeah. Uh, Ed Tomorrow, God love Ed, mm. he's asking, what about spitting and hocking loogies of mucus on the streets? Mm. But don't, don't use your do hockey it. wrong. Don't use your chopsticks the wrong way. Uh, but he's asking, do people actually correct you right then and there? When you make mistakes with um, with with chopsticks, I've never had that, but I I use chopsticks pretty well. Um, well, the the one thing that I got with chopsticks was uh, sticking them in the bowl uh, rather than laying them on the top. Yeah. Boy, they'll chop your ass in half for that one. They'll they'll let you don't do that. Don't stick your chopsticks in the rice. Yeah. You know, just stick them in there and leave them there because that's uh that's something that it signifies a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. The the incense sticks. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, and then we same, got the reverse same in policy. Korea. Don't do that in Korea too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Same reason. Uh, okay. kind of a, a symbol of death. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, Brendan Allen uh, is also asking about the reverse culture shock. We already uh, we already uh, went on that one, so I guess we will bring this to an end. Yeah. All right. Time for somebody to get it some sure jammies on. Uh, we would like to thank uh, Busan Kevin. Yeah. For joining us tonight, yeah. uh, as to be here. as he said at the beginning of the podcast, you can find him at youtube.com slash Busan Kevin or Jayland Kev. Yep. But you're trying to focus everything on Busan Kevin now, right? Um, well, no, actually, you know, honestly, if you just go to uh, at, at the moment, just focus on the podcast, uh, the Just Japan okay. podcast. Um, there will be more stuff coming into YouTube. Uh, at the moment, no. Um, okay. but, uh, but, but so Kevin.com. you got a back library that people can, can look through if they're, oh in yeah, it. there's, oh yeah, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos mm. on both channels. So go to boost on Kevin. If you go to youtube.com slash boost on Kevin, you tell youtube.com slash Jayland Kev. Um, 
No, thousands. We could actually go with. Kevin, now, do you have a homepage where everything's condensed, your links to everything? Uh, for the most part, you go to boostonkevin.com. Mm-hmm. Um, go to boostonkevin.com, and that's like uh, you, you'll be able to connect with uh, my, my YouTube channels and the podcast, the Just Japan podcast. Um, and uh, you could also find me on Twitter, at jlandkev. Yes. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Yeah. Wow. You know, Kevin, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I first met you and mm. we, when I got you on Twitter, I thought that your wife's name was JL. A lot of people thought that JL and Kev. Um, you're not the first uh, person to say that JL yeah. and Kev. Right. What is your name? Is it Jacqueline uh, something? Because he, he does a capital J and a capital L. And then a capital K, so J Land Kev, right? But but when you actually just look at it, like when you actually when you it's all lowercase when you look at Twitter. Is it? Yeah, J J Land Kev just maybe that's what it was. This was yeah. like Japan Land Kev was yeah. my original. What an interesting thing. name for his wife, J L. Yeah, a lot of people thought that. Yeah, but no. <laughs> She's from Krypton. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, J Land Kev. <laughs> And okay. uh, yeah, go, just go to boostonkevin.com, boostonkevin.com, and uh, links are there all to the YouTube channels, the Twitter, uh, the podcast, all the different ways you can download the podcast, all that right. stuff. Yeah. And there will be links in the show notes and here on uh, on the video here on Warm and Strat channel. Great. All right. So uh, as, I, as we usually say, uh, anything connected to the social media concerning us, you can go to www.mullysplace.com. Uh, you can listen to the podcast there. We, we're also available on iTunes and Stitcher. And we're Twitter at Mully's Place. Then that goes to me, Dave, or Tomoko. Mm. And I guess that's about it. Right? Sounds, sounds about right. Dave, you got anything else? No, I got nothing. This is Mully. This is Kevin. This is Dave. Keep it between the lines. <laughs>